Welcome to the Love That For Us podcast. Come hang out with us as we explore a holistic approach to entrepreneurship, wellness, and navigating relationships in adulthood. We'll be getting vulnerable about life and dishing the business expertise we've learned along the way. Interviewing industry professionals, all while you get your weekly dose of girl talk and heart to hearts. We're your hosts, Carissa Emiko and Ashton Brooke. And this is the Love That For Us podcast. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. We're here. <laughs> We're home from Mexico. I, I miss you. We haven't spoken I in a know. full week. I feel like people are actually going to get our very real like, hello, hi, nice to see you for the first time in a week. I know. Ashton and I were on a streak of talking every day, quite literally every day for maybe two or three months, like an hour plus every day, which I love. I love that we talk every day, mm-hmm. but pr- post-Mexico, well, we went, post-Mexico, we, whoa. <laughs> we <laughs> I couldn't speak. <laughs> we ran right into Thanksgiving, which I think is part of it. And you, when you're in Mexico and you're around so many people, it's like not necessarily that I needed a you break. I just needed like a people, people break. break, like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, Same. yeah. Um, okay, catch us up, Ashton. How's Thanksgiving? What happened on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was good um, because we had been traveling so much. I went from Mexico to New York City for a wedding that I shot, which was my last wedding of the year. Which um, was insane, by the way. Like you it traveled. Was insane. Yeah. It was also an insane wedding as a whole. Like it looked by far insane. the largest wedding I've, I think I've ever shot. Um, we were like downtown Manhattan, quite literally 34 people in the bridal party. Um. <laughs> The the ceremony was at St. Patrick's Cathedral, like in New York City, like the largest, oldest cathedral. Um, I I could probably do a whole podcast episode on this wedding because it was just so <laughs> like there were so many details. And I, yeah, it was wild. And then I came home the very next morning, drove to photograph my childhood best friend's proposal in Indiana. So like took a shower, charged my batteries, like hit the road. And that was really, really special. So I knew you were doing all of this, but to hear it again right now, I'm like, that was a lot that you did in a row. Like it was so much. And I tired knew that. girl. She's a tired girl. <laughs> so I told Will, I was like, we do every other year with like our families for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And I told him like, there's just no way I'm going to be getting in a car two days after being gone for 10 days and drive to New York for Thanksgiving with your family. So he convinced his family to come to us, which was really helpful. Nice. (laughs) So we hosted here and they just came here and it was fairly uneventful, but everything went great. Was that hard to host? Like you just did so many things back to back and then you had to host. Hosting's a lot. It's a lot. And I will say, yeah, like I believe I would love feedback from people. Here's my universal (laughs) truth. No one needs more than three full days with family, whether you're visiting family or you have family (laughs) visiting you. Obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Like if you live across the world, like But that's the rule. Like that's like you think that's like the standard average amount of time a human should spend an adult should spend. I think it's a universal truth. Like tell me I'm wrong. Like you have three full days. So like they got in Tuesday night and they were here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, left Saturday morning. And even like the Tuesday night, it's like three and a half days. And I told Will, like, this is not my family versus yours. Like if my family, I think, yeah, we hosted last year actually. And it was the same thing. Like we don't need more than three days (laughs) of time together. Otherwise it just becomes like difficult and yeah, you just wear out. And so I don't know. Okay, Someone wait, I have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is specifically when you're hosting family in your home? Or like, what about a family vacation? Like, or something like that? Okay. But the reason I was shaking because my I, head. Okay, yeah. Like, if I'm going to my parents, like, I also don't think we need more than three days at their home. I do understand, like, if we took a family vacation to like Hawaii, no, I would like more than three days. But for like holidays <laughs> and these like routine visits, I don't – yeah, that's what my universal truth is. But like I okay. understand uh, a bigger vacation is is different. Like that's kind of the exception to the rule. 
Yes, that makes sense. I feel like I live close to, we live close to my family and Tyler's family. So I don't have the like, we have to get all this time in together on the holidays That's or like true. when we see each other, it's less like the amount of time. So I can't relate, but I would love to hear if other people relate because I know I wonder if that would be my day limit too, three days. So like, what do you, cause when you have holidays with your families, like, is it just like we show up on the day and then we go home that yeah. night and then you carry and on And usually living. we'll like, we'll like split it usually too. Like it'll be like, we'll spend the first half of the day with my parents and the second half of the day with Tyler's mom. Like it'll just be split, huh. split typically. Do you like the split or like? It's a lot. It's a lot in one day. It's a lot. Um, but then you get, I don't know, then you get, I don't know. It's a lot in one day for sure. But I feel like that's how I, that's also how I grew, I grew up. My both my parents, like parents, lived also close to us. So like as a mm. kid, I was I did that too. Like I went to one parent's parent <laughs> for half the day, and then the other parent's parents for the other half of the day. So I don't know. Just instead used of to being it. like, okay, we'll do Christmas Eve with like dad's side, and then like Christmas Day with mom's side. I feel yeah, like that's we always also split common, it up. But, huh? I don't know. We just always split it up. Well, why don't you catch well, us up? How was your Thanksgiving? I'll catch you up. Um, Thanksgiving was chill. We went to my parents' house and I had cranberry sauce for the first time. <laughs> As a 30-year-old adult, I had cranberry sauce Amazing. for the first time. Usually I would just avoid it because I was like, ew, that's disgusting. Like who wants to eat cranberry sauce with like anything? And then I realized this year that I like the cranberry – is it cranberry sauce? It's some type of berry sauce at Ikea with the meatballs. You know, the meatballs and the mashed potatoes. I don't and the know what they do. I would imagine it's cranberry sauce. It's some type of berry sauce and I'm obsessed with it with the meatballs at Ikea. So I was like, you know what? Let's get crazy and try the cranberry sauce this year. It's a wild it's year. Be, it's got to be similar to the Ikea meatballs. <laughs> and let me tell you, it, it did through? not disappoint. It came through. It was so good. There was walnuts in it. I don't know if that's normal, but I was like obsessed. I was level 10 obsessed with the cranberry sauce. So that was great. Um, okay. So at Thanksgiving, um, we were talking about our podcast <laughs> And my parents have listened to every single episode. Oh, good. Hi, mom and dad. Oh, good. Hi, mom and dad. Um, okay. I and love your parents my, so much. I know. My dad said, get this. My dad said our podcast is better than scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rash. Shut up. <gasps> no, Dude. he literally said that. Did he really? And I, yes, but I was like, Dad and my mom was sitting right there, and my mom's obsessed with scrubbing in. And let me just tell you, she did not jump to agree. <laughs> okay, we like a balance, which is realistic. No, that's realistic because I was like, you can't say that. Like, this is what I told my dad. I was like, you can't say that because you don't know Becca and Tanya, and you don't listen to them all the time. Like, True. you know me and Ashton, so like, you probably think it's fun to listen to us. But he was like, no, that's not it. Like, you guys are better. <laughs> like, he was like listening to Scrubbing In. He literally listened to Scrubbing In to compare like our podcasts. And I was like, and I'm he thought really we were better. Um, which, by the way, I'm obsessed with scrubbing in with Becca yeah, Tilly and Tony Rand. We like aspire to be them. <laughs> so that was quite a compliment. Which well, was, and I feel like when we started developing our podcast, we were referring to that a lot because we referenced they were two them a best lot. Friends, yeah. and so we would just like talk about like. Yeah, how they kind of operate some things. And that's really a huge compliment. Wow. Thank you. I know. Mr. Dean. I know. I know. Um, okay. And then the last thing is we got our Christmas tree. And I need to know, Stormed. because I don't know this about you, are you team fake tree or team real tree? You're mm -hmm. team real tree, right? Yes. We we are – well, we've done both in our marriage. Will is always team real tree. Um, and I do like love, like we found our little like local tree farm here and we've gone yeah. now that we've lived here two holiday seasons or whatever. Um, we've gone and cut it down, which is really fun. So yeah, we love that process, but it it's for sure convenient to have fake tree. I want to know if your team white lights or colored lights. Clearly I'm team white lights. Like 
all around you'll never do colored. No, it's tacky. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But before we harp on colored lights, I realized something because Will would do anything if I would just give into colored lights. And I'm like, I, I no. physically cannot. I physically Did he grow up with colored lights? Is this like a nostalgia thing? thing. That makes sense. That actually that actually makes sense. And I'm sorry, I said tacky. Right. And And that's why I wanted to do that. That reminds you of your childhood and its happiness and it feels nice. I love that for you. You deserve that. I however don't love it for me because it gives me tacky vibes in my own personal heart and home. (laughs) I can't do color. I can't do color. And I love – I'm also very picky about my white lights. Like white lights need to be the exact right shade of white. If if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my tree is very warm. It's very warm Warm white. Warm lights, yes. We do not do fluorescent – like the LED white, even blue-toned white lights. Like barf, no thank you, never. And guess who would choose that? Guess who would choose that? My husband, he's like, can we just do like bright? I'm like, if it is not warm, lampy vibes coming from the Christmas tree, I don't want it. Anything else feels sterile. Correct. Like it's like cold and sterile. And so okay, we're right. So, we're right about this. So we are right. So this tree um, is from Michael's. It's a fake tree. We've gotten real trees before, but last year we got this fake tree. And I think I'm team fake tree. And sorry if that makes me a loser. I just like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, the fun part of like going and picking out a tree and it smells like Christmas trees and you like find the right one and it's cute and you're unwrapping all of them and seeing like, that's fun. But like getting the tree home, having pine needles in your house, like taking care of the tree, to be honest, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I love the smell of a real tree. Yeah, like that's something smell, I do miss. No, the smell, but like just diffuse some pine, like you're going to be fine. <laughs> and this, like, it's just so easy. Like it was easy to set up and decorate and it was easy. Yeah, I'm team I honestly, tree. I'm not like super passionate about team fake or team real. I think both are lovely. Both are lovely. Great. Um. All right. We're talking about turning 30 today. We are. Ashton and I are both 30, flirty and thriving. <laughs> and um, we're just going to talk about like exiting our 20s, entering our 30s. Do we feel like we're in the place we thought we'd be? Like, how does 30 actually feel? Um, Okay. So let's just start with like quick, like birthday stories. Like what did you do for your 30th birthday? Good. Which I know because I was there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Super fun. I, I went back and forth. Like actually Will and I were planning to go to Italy in October to celebrate my 30th. And given just like the agenda of our year and the calendar, it was just going to be absolutely too much. And I'm so glad we did not go. Like in hindsight, there's just, I can't even imagine fitting that trip in. So then I was left with like trying to decide like, how can I basically plan my own 30th so that I wasn't disappointed? Because one thing about me is that I, I like surprises, but I also have this hard time like having an idea or an expectation or a standard in my head. And then like being let down and disappointed and it's totally my fault. So I decided to fully take on planning my own 30th and just make it what I want and not be let down because I was in charge. (laughs) So you really planned like your entire 30th birthday party to a T. And I would like to just recommend this to someone who may uh, share in my personality type of being like let down in the past or just like having a high expectation and being like, how is this going to play out? And it has not, you know, your husband or person might like be so thoughtful and intentional, but you, I just want to give permission to the person who like wants to take control and not in like a psycho way, but just like, there's a lot of freedom in planning what you want for yourself. And then it like, is so fun and turn it turned out better than I thought. So what I did was plan a theme, big birthday party, um, 
that was 90s theme. And I have a couple friends here in Michigan locally who do like party planning and event planning. And so I hired them and we put together this whole like theme and decor and uh, it was legit. Like it was so cool. They had such great design ideas and we were hosting it here at our house. So everyone had to dress up. We did like big uh, like backdrops and Will did all the food. So like he cooked everything and um, all my like high school best friends drove up. My parents and sister came in for the weekend. Um, <laughs> the biggest surprise was if you follow us on Instagram, you know, Carissa told me that she couldn't make it. Like I started planning this probably two months out and she was like, I just, I really wish I could be there. And, and to be fair, I actually, at that time when I told you that I could not make it, like I actually had some very personal, like serious stuff going on where I like could not travel. And I was so sad because I literally could not make it. And then it was legit. legit. It was legit. And then I like legit that I could make it. And then I found out that I could like things had shifted and I didn't tell Ashton that that had changed. So in her mind, I had a very legitimate reason why I couldn't like fly out to her party. Yeah. And so the, the week surprise of, planning commenced. <laughs> so the week of I went to like a fertility appointment and uh, it was like I think that Tuesday in my party was that Friday and I come home and, uh, Will who was working at home from the time was like, Hey, like the dogs like went downstairs and like ripped up all these pillows. I don't know what got into them, but like they destroyed the pillows on the bed. And I was, and I had just like (laughs) bought like a new duvet set or something. And I was like, are you serious? Like what the heck? No, no, no. It wasn't that calm. Oh, I was mad. I was so mad. I could hear you. I'm (laughs) hiding. Spoiler alert. I'm hiding in the basement. Is that what you call that part of your house? I don't have basements. That's the basement, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't live where there's basements. (laughs) Well, it's like a room with a bathroom. When you picture a basement, you picture like a creepy little bit. That's a that was a basement, right? It is in the basement. Yeah, it's the guest room. Okay, great. (laughs) The basement. I'm hiding in the basement and I like hear Ashton from upstairs like, what? Well, I just bought those pillows or something like that. Like you are like level 10 pissed. And I like downstairs was like, oh no, was that like the wrong wrong lie? Like you're about to go on the biggest roller coaster of emotions, like storming. And she did storm into the basement room. I came home very calm. Like that appointment was very like good and positive. And I'm telling Will about it. He he drops this news on me and he was like, Do you want to go see it? And I was like, Yeah. And as you're walking down. Yeah. I'm like, of course I'm going to go see it. And I walk down there and Chris is just sitting in the chair waiting for me. It's literally like 11 a.m., mind you. And I know that there's a time difference and I know how long it takes to get from L.A. to Michigan. I was absolutely beyond shocked. She took a red eye, folks, and got there in the morning. She was red And also, in hindsight, the way I surprised you was so creepy. Like, I was literally just, like, sitting in the corner of your room, like, staring at you. Like, I wasn't, like, holding balloons or popping out from somewhere. I literally was just, like, sitting sitting in a corner, like, like a creepy statue, like, staring at you. (laughs) It was really funny. And I was, I was so elated, like... Yeah, it was really special and I I we just embraced and you can go watch the reel. It's we have it on our Instagram, but um that was really really special because it just wouldn't have felt complete. Like I honestly had so many core people in my life at my party and you did. And it was like I think you said this you're like honestly I feel like these people won't be around unless it's like your wedding or your funeral <laughs> or like your right. 30th birthday. Right. No, that's like always what I think is so trippy is the amount of people that gather for your wedding is like the only time you'll have all those people from different parts of your life is going to be literally like your wedding and your funeral. And I felt like I was like, I'm seeing all those people right now at your birthday party. Like everybody came, which was so cool because so many people drove hours or flew in. Like, yeah, that was really special. My friend Liza flew in like, um, so what was wild is you and Liza were here the night before the party and we had a huge storm come in and like, Oh my God, light, I forgot. I blocked it out. Traumatic. Struck. Yeah. Chris had never been through like a Midwest storm. Oh my God. And I thought I was going to die. 
we obviously lost power, but like lightning struck the tree next to our house and like punctured our deck, like ruined some of my deck furniture. Long story short, we did not have power up at all. We had to get generators, but we didn't even have generators till I think like 2 p.m. the day of the party, which made we definitely had to pivot and it was wild. Like there were there was like a tornado that had gone through. So like driving around, there's just like so much debris. Um, but we still made it happen and it was so fun. I went like to play sand volleyball the next day, go on a boat, go out to dinner with our friends. Like it was really, really fun weekend. So all in all, plan your own party, which you did as well, right? I did, right? Uh, Tyler actually, no, I didn't. Tyler planned it for me, but I asked him to. I wasn't like waiting around like, will somebody yeah. plan me a party? I was like, Tyler, I want you to plan my birthday party and I don't want to do anything and I want you to take care of everything. Like I very much like handed him the reins. The only thing I kind of handled was getting food one of the nights. Like I wanted like taco, like a taco guy to come to our camping site because um, I'm bougie like that and like cook everybody tacos, which was A plus so good. Um so I had like a camping 30th birthday and I had a ton of friends come out. We got this like really sick, sick camping spot in kind of like the mountains of San Diego that was super private. Like we had acres and acres of land on the side of this mountain with nobody there. So that was like really cool, um, really beautiful, just terrain, terrain <laughs> to walk mm-hmm. around. Is that the right word? <laughs> and um my friend Tanner, well, he actually just sold his bus, but he lived in like an old school school bus, like converted into a house. So he brought his bus. So we had like this cool kind of like living room-esque area to That's hang out so in. Cool. And multiple of my friends, like our DJs and our produce music. So we got silent disco. Um, if you've never done silent disco, it's so fun. You can literally like rent out silent disco sets. And so we had like the headsets and it, I don't know, do some people don't know what silent disco is. Do I need to explain that? Do people know what silent disco is? I think is? people know what it is. Okay, great. And so we literally had like live people DJing our silent disco <laughs> with my group of friends. That's and so it was cool. so fun. Um, and then the taco guy was great. I just love I I love camping because it is like the best quality time. Like yes. when else are you just like sitting down with your friends and there's nothing language? else to do? Quality time? It's literally not, but I love camping. Oh, it's mine. And I was like, wait, do we I didn't think we I have know. the same love language. No, mine is acts of service and Oh yeah. Probably words is like my second one. Um, but I do love that about camping. I think because like I work in social media. I'm on my phone a lot. Like I love getting away, not touch nobody's touching their phones, and like you just you're have so to hang present. out all day. There's no other option. You're just mm-hmm. hanging out. Um, and you're not like at Disneyland where there's a ton of things distracting you. Like you're just like with each other. So I love it's not like overstimulating. I mean exactly. silent disco is different, but well, that was different. That's though. Fun. But I mean it's like silent disco under the stars with like just it's your friends. So like cool. it was awesome. I forget why I couldn't go. Because you had a Vegas trip with Will's like last job that he had. So, okay. So then this is the next thing was I was sad you guys couldn't come because you you guys had that work trip, but you were in Vegas, which was like obviously closer to the West Coast. So Mm -hmm. the day I drove home from my camping trip, I drove to the airport that night. We're crazy. I drove to the airport that we're wild. We're wild. (laughs) Wild girls turning 30. <laughs> um, I drove to the airport the night I drove home from camping and flew to Vegas <laughs> to spend some 30th birthday time with Ashton there, which also was our five-year friendship anniversary. Like, which we found out eating dinner one night. Which we're like, we went to this minute. like nice dinner and we were like, wait, this is literally our like friendship anniversary, which was mm-hmm. so cute. So then we were like, okay, this is for my birthday and our friendship and then anniversary. I think we like, we kind of went all out on that dinner. Do you remember? We like got everything we wanted. Yeah. We were of, actually like, like a little stressed. We were like, we were like a little stressed at the beginning. We went to this like really expensive restaurant and we were like, we, we had to get to the point where we just looked at each other and we were like, 
we have to, we're going to spend a lot of money on this Let's dinner. Let's enjoy it. And I was like, we're either going to stress out the entire time that we're spending a lot of money on this dinner or we're just going to enjoy spending a lot of money on this dinner. Like, and we like yeah. had a turning point where we're like, okay, like, fuck it. Let's just enjoy it. Like for the rest of the time. It was so I yummy. think our bill was like $400. Like, I think with tip it was. Yeah. For two people, that's like a lot of money. It's a lot. <laughs> so I mean, and we did mocktails, which mocktails in Vegas are also very expensive. And they were yeah. quite literally the best mocktails I've ever had. And, and I we don't did, think like, we like anticipated that it was going to be it was like more of a shock. We we're like, oh, we're about to spend like a ton of money. But yeah, it was but delicious. But we did like the seafood tower and like the best pasta yeah, of yeah. our life. It was and fun. Like, and those mocktails oh, were oh, stunning. Those were so good. Um, fun. So that, that was, was a really fun time. That was really fun. Um, okay. How did you feel turning 30? That's like what you actually did at your party. But how did you feel turning 30? I... I don't... Obviously, just because like you wake up and like it's your birthday, I don't think there's this like overnight feeling of like it's different now um yeah I think the anticipation of turning 30 was a little like weird because you just it it looms over you for good or like for better or worse uh it wasn't necessarily like super negative for me but it is just a weird overall feeling of like I'm leaving my 20s and I'm entering a whole new decade and I think because your 20s are so there's literally so much that goes on in your 20s like I don't I don't know if this is true across the board, but I feel like there's so much life content in your 20s that it is just like strange to enter a new decade and be like, is it going to be the same amount of life content, less than that? Or I don't know. Um, But I can definitely get like very sentimental and a bit nostalgic and sad about things like that. But I felt really positive turning 30. And I think we'll talk about why. But overall, like, it was such a big celebration and I feel like I just enjoyed it. I didn't, I'm not, I don't look at it and be like, I'm, I'm over, life's over. I'm like, I actually think it's beginning. Ooh, deep. Ooh. That's also how I felt. <laughs> Is it? It's not over. It's just beginning. Um, yeah, like I was really excited to turn 30. I'm still excited to be 30. I think um, like yeah, 20s. <laughs> you guys, so much happened in my 20s. And I think, okay, I think like what you were saying, like, why does it feel like so different turning 30? Like, who knows? We're not, I, we haven't turned 40 or 50 yet. Maybe we'll feel like the same way about that. But like, your 20s are such formative years of who you are. Like, your frontal lobe literally fully forms when you're 25. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you're just really becoming and in your 20s. And so you're like leaving you're leaving literally being a teenager, like literally 19 to 20, you're leaving being a teenager and you're really turning into yourself and like figuring out who you are and you kind of care a lot about what people think and you're just discovering yourself. And so when you turn 30 or for us at least, I think it just feels like this milestone if you let it be this milestone of like that stops, (laughs) like that caring about what people think stops um, or or at least you're like (laughs) – or decreases. <laughs> we still care a little bit and it just goes down a little bit. But right. like it just – it does feel different. It feels like – for me, I think I definitely feel like I deserved turning 30. Like mm. I – okay, so I got married when I was 23 and I got divorced when I was 26, I think. <laughs> I think. And – that alone, just like that experience of getting married and getting divorced, feels like I went through an entire lifetime mm-hmm. in in those few years. And the healing process of my divorce and becoming and figuring out who I was again after my divorce, like that whole process was just it was a really big deal of forming really who I am and how I trust myself and how I view the world and um, how I let other people's opinions affect me or not affect me. Like it was so formative for me. It still is formative for me. I'm, I I don't know if I'll ever be necessarily like done healing from what I went through in my marriage and my divorce. I just continue to learn more about myself with that. So I think that specifically for me happening in my 20s, like turning 30 feels like – Yes, like I'm. Does it feel I like a sigh of relief, kind of like, oh, all right, we got through that. 
Yeah, I think it definitely feels like, again, a turning point. I think it's funny that we view it as such a turning point. I also think like we put a lot of pressure on turning 30, right? But in the same way that like New Year's comes around and people have New Year's resolutions, like the only reason why there's pressure on that milestone of New Year's and like what you're going to do with your life or what you did in your life is because we put that pressure there. Like Mm -hmm. we've made New Year's that thing. Like we've assigned the meaning to that passing of time. And that's also what we do with 30. Like we've assigned this meaning to 30 that it means X, Y, Z. It means you should have your life together in this way. It means you should be married. It means whatever, whatever like you've kind of absorbed as what 30 means. And so I think for me, it was a little less of like, am I where I'm supposed to quote unquote be at 30 and more like, (laughs) more like I I'm so proud of like everything I've been through in my 20s and I can look back at the last 10 years and like I love her and I'm like I have Mm -hmm. compassion for her and I'm so proud that she made it like I think for me it feels like turning 30 it feels like this like empowering like survival (laughs) like I'm like Mm. fuck like I survived all that in my 20s and like I'm better for it. I'm proud of myself. I just, I just look back. It it was a healing era for me. Like it Mm -hmm. was like definitely this huge overcoming healing era. And turning 30 really does feel like a page turn of that, of like, not necessarily like never think about it again, but like really being like, that is my past. Like that's not who I am anymore. And I don't have to be that person anymore. And I get to be whoever I want to be. Like I get to decide that. And I do think that the marker of turning 30 kind of for me empowered me even more so into who I am as opposed to like scared me about like, where's my life going? Or like, am I supposed to be where I'm at? It was more like, damn, like look how far you've come and look what you've done in your healing journey and with your life and look at who you are and what you overcame and and, and survived. So, hmm. oof. <laughs> oof. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really interesting to like look back at a whole decade because up yeah. until age 29 and 364 days, like you just have kind of been in that decade. And then to come to that place where it is the actual page turn, you do, you look back in a different way than when you're actually in it. And I think you were so self-aware in your life changes and marriage and divorce. Like you never lost that awareness, but it is Mm -hmm. an emotional experience to turn that page and feel like, yeah, what you just described um, so eloquently. Um, And I think it's really beautiful that you shared all that, but I I understand that like this, this page turn innately brings up a lot of emotion, whether it's being proud or um, just like feeling a lot. Like I think having compassion for that girl who was age 20, 21, 22, like just a kid, um, you if you want to get in touch with that, um, you know, emotion of feeling what that girl went through. I think that's why it's emotional for us to kind of talk about that because, um, yeah, I could, I could say the same kind of things, not obviously what you experienced by any means, but yeah, just to look back and be like, whoa, like we weren't, we weren't even fully developed in our brains. And like, I know. And you feel like such an adult, like you, you're like, I know you're doing adult things. Like we (laughs) both got married young. I moved out of the state and like started a business and ran a business just like fully before that frontal lobe was developed, you know, like that is a little bit, it is a little bit, uh, (laughs) it's funny, shocking. Um, (laughs) yeah, I think I look at my twenties as like I don't want to say surrounding my business, but it is absolutely like what I think in my lifetime I'm going to look back and remember a lot about my 20s was starting and developing and growing and succeeding at my business of photography and education. Yeah. Um, Because I never saw that coming. And I think that's why it feels like much larger in my, my own 
view of my life is because yeah. I went to college and got a degree and used that degree for one year, but then moving really shook all that up for the better, for sure. Um, and I'm just not the person that like anyone in my close circle or family like saw doing what I ended up doing. And with that came like so much experience, like so much world yeah. travel and um, just like getting out, I think is also like goes hand in hand with like the business aspect of my 20s is I have seen a lot. I've like gotten to see so much and like go so many places. And that is a huge gift. Like I was just like a little world traveler girl. Um, and that is definitely shifting for me. Um, yeah. Like we were talking about like Mexico and then going to New York City and like all that just it is a little bit too much for me. Like I, I handled it and I'm fine, but I do feel this like shift in me where I'm like, I'm becoming a bit more of a homebody or I really want to keep yeah. trips shorter. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm more, I think cautious of making super like off the cuff decisions. Whereas like in the past, literally, do you remember this? <laughs> I remember we had this phone call. I had one of my like previous brides they were like going to Paris. And I think she was like, what if we did like a photo shoot in Paris? And I was on FaceTime with you. I was like, do you want to go to Paris with me? <laughs> and it yeah, was like, it was like two weeks away. And it's like, that's just who I was is like yeah. down for that. Um, and that's definitely changed for me. Um, and, and there's like, just like a different awareness of like what, the, how that affects, like actually affects us. Like yeah. we were like in our burnout era in our twenties with mm -hmm. our business of just like, go, go, go. Like who the F cares, just like hustle mm -hmm. and kind of like not really caring about our bodies in that way. Like we both were drinking alcohol. I would, I mean, I was drinking alcohol a ton more in my twenties <laughs> and yeah. like, just like, also, you are turning 30 and you're like, why does a hangover last two days? Why does like this part of my body randomly hurt? Like, yeah. like I sleep, I seem to so sleep wrong more, like more <laughs> times. Like, and you wake up with a kink in your neck. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit in denial of that. Like those like random little aging things that happen and you're like, oh wait, I'm like not the I'm young child that I used to be. Yeah. For sure. And and we we could quote unquote afford to be a little less in touch. I don't right. like suggest that, but like right. I was definitely not in touch with that. And I wasn't emotionally in touch with how that was affecting me. Or like, dare I say why I was so willing to like hop on a plane and like escape. Right. Which is probably a whole nother podcast. Oh, it was an escape. <laughs> Interesting word choice there. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so fun though. And like, I don't want to say I have those like regrets of doing that. It was more just like, I feel that maturity of less spontaneity, which I love that part about me. I love being spontaneous. I'm just making right. more like decisions for my body and like for Will and I together and being more present in our community here, which is really, really such a higher value that I have now. So um, yeah. one of the things we were going to ask each other was like, was anyone around you who had gone before you in turning 30, was there like negative or positive kind of correlation to the feeling or emotions around that? And like, do you think it affected you in yeah. your turn to turn 30? Yes. And it affected me way positively. I think I had, I hadn't have a good amount of friends that are five, six, seven years older than me, um, that have, I've had really close relationships with, like done life with. And so I've had that conversation with them a lot, like about our age difference or where they're at. And I cannot think of one person that I spoke to that was like, I had a negative view of turning 30. Everybody was like, you're going to love it. Like you just don't care about what people think anymore. You know who you are. You, you know what you want. You say no to the things that you don't want. Like it's just more of a grounded experience as a human and like understanding who you are. And I feel like every single person I talked to has said that. And so that's really just made me look forward to my thirties and, and there's been a really positive light on it. Um, I have some friends like obviously turning 30 with a lot of people around me who have had 
like a different experience with that and then also think that like turning 30 feels scary or they're not where they're, they should be and they have like a lot of pressure. I would say a lot of like career pressure, um, figuring out like what you want to do with your life pressure, like, oh, I'm not where I should be. And I see a lot of people experiencing that. I shouldn't say a lot, but like I've had some conversations with friends who definitely feel that pressure of like mm-hmm. they're not where they should be. Um <clears throat> I think a cool way to view it because I think all those people that I spoke to uh, that were in their 30s prior to me, it wasn't necessarily about like where you were supposed to be like marker wise with family or career. Like none of them spoke about that. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, I had my life together and I was making this much amount of money and like Blah, 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 I had this type of house. Like nobody spoke about that. Everybody was speaking about like how they felt on the inside and their view of themselves and how that shifted. And so I think that really framed my perspective of my 30s of, ooh, I get to feel this in this era. Um, because yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel focused at all on career necessarily or money mm-hmm. or where things should be at 30, you know, where I think other Mm -hmm. people, maybe if like that was what they heard or like what they kind of picked up on throughout life or society of this is where you should be, like then that feels a little bit more stressful, like they're in in lack in that way. But yeah, what about you? I, well, same thing about like the people around me. I only feel like positive conversation was surrounding the topic about turning 30 from people Mm -hmm. that are older than me, which I really appreciate. And I want to be that for other people. Like looking, looking back, I'm like, I hope that I speak about it, um, to this, to the same, like positive degree that others did for me because it does help. Um, I wonder if there's people like listening that are like in their sixties that are just like, you guys are so emotional about (laughs) turning 30. Like you're literally so young. Um, I just, it would be interesting to hear I know. They're like, try turning some... 60, try turning 70, you know? It's just right. Perspective. I know we have some 40, 40 year olds. We like, do. we had like comments because we made, we made a couple of reels, like calling all the like girls in their 20s and 30s. And people were like joking, like, I'm in my 40s. Can I still listen? And I know we have some like 40 plus. Yeah. But honestly, they speak so positively about the 40s too. Like, I know. It, I love it. It's just, it, I don't know if this is like a new, idea or like thought process behind aging because, okay. It's like, how do I stay focused on what I'm thinking right now? It's okay. Tangent, tangent off. Slight tangent. There's two trains of thought I have. One is I love if the narrative is shifting and like millennials are doing that and they're like spinning how beautiful it is to like step into feeling more confident, more like sure of yourself, more certain of who you are. Like all of that is so great. And then on the other hand, there is such a like stress about aging that like culture throws at you, whether it's like physical, um, definitely business. I can get back to that. But like, I think the physical side of aging is like more, where like I feel a stress and like, I haven't told you this, but I do feel like this shift of like my physical self that's changing that I'm fighting. And I don't know if it's like, most of it I think is just like vanity, but there is like this fear of like, even like my body is like, I'm, you know, I'm working out, but like I don't know, like you, you're in your own skin, like you feel the shifts that happen. And that I would say is like definitely new for me in the last like two or so years where I'm just like, oh, I like have to actively speak differently to myself about myself, about my body. And I think the majority of it is just natural aging, but that's kind of a newer narrative that I'm fighting, um, since like late twenties and definitely yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you relate to that, but I don't think you and I've ever I talked do. about it. No, we haven't talked about that, but I've heard you mention a lot like your fr- – I don't know if it's a frustration, but like just the pressure, the pressure of not aging physically. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've talked to me about that before and just like 
going on social media or like the amount of people that get Botox, the amount of people mm-hmm. that have plastic surgery and mm-hmm. like are doing all these things. It's like you literally open Instagram or TikTok and like who is real? Like I, you literally yeah. don't know. Like, yeah. you know, I was watching this TikTok the other day of this woman, woman's before and after. She'd never had plastic surgery, but she had Botox and filler. Mm-hmm. Her face shape completely changed. Like you would think she got full plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. It was insane. And I was like, Botox and filler does this? Like this is mm-hmm. insane. And I feel like there's just – yeah, there's so much pressure to physically not age with every type of thing, with wrinkles, with there's anti-aging stuff everywhere. So I know you've talked to me about that before, but like, yeah, there's, there's new, (laughs) there's new things with Mm -hmm. your body that you're just like, I wasn't even, this wasn't even on my radar in my twenties. Like this wasn't on my radar. And And I want to like embrace it and like have like all the like self-love and everything, but there is just a very real part of me. that's like, I don't like this. Like I, yeah. And, and it's in that typical, like just self, I don't know if it's self-deprecation or like self-picking apart. Other people probably wouldn't even notice, but like when I look back to like 2019, which just doesn't feel that long ago, I'm like, wow, my face just looks snatched. <laughs> I don't feel <laughs> that way. And what am I going to do? Like, yeah, just trying to be somewhere in that balance of like uh, taking care of myself because I do believe in taking care of our bodies no matter what age we are. Yeah. Um, and also just like accepting the beauty and the gift of aging because yeah, I think we in the cultural narrative of like young forever, like it's literally in music, all over music. Like I'm never going to like we're never growing up. You know, that whole like narrative that I've just seen so much in like pop music or whatever. I'm just like, no, like it's a gift to age. Like it, people overlook the beauty of that and, um, the joy of that. And I want to bring that back to our generation or like pass that on to my kids that like actually aging is such a blessing because as cheesy as that might sound, like some people don't get to. And so to, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to like shift my my mindset as like this is positive and beautiful and good and yeah. I also think there's an aspect there of like and I think this applies to any age, not just 30s, but I see this applying to like 40s and 50s is this what you're talking about this like passage of time and really honoring and like being grateful for this time and what your body did for you in this season um, and what it's doing for you now. And in the same way, like our bodies are our homes that we're in 24 seven and you're like used to, I think this is a real part of aging. You're like used to your body being a certain way and then it starts changing. And like there, I also think is allowed to be grief there. And I think Mm -hmm. like to allow, even if it's like, it doesn't need to be this like giant dramatic grief. Maybe it is for some people, maybe it's not. But even if it's just this little like acknowledgement of like how things have shifted and maybe a way that you don't love or that are Mm -hmm. less desirable physically or whatever that you're just like, huh, I used to be able to wake up and jump out of bed and not have pain in my body. And now, you know, like... And just like the acknowledgement of how things shift to then lead into the acceptance of the body that we have now um, and how changing, of course, with the balance, like you were saying, of actually just like taking care of our bodies and health-wise with all the things. But that was not a tangent we planned, but I appreciate the conversation. At all. all. Uh, Uh, Okay. So we're going to end here in a little bit, but I kind of want to like – close out on we didn't plan this either but like what are you looking forward to in your 30s like what is like what transitioning into 30 we're kind of both coming out of hustle mode we've both changed so much (laughs) like so much in our (laughs) 20s what like what are you looking forward to great question carissa you're such a good podcaster (laughs) Um, so for me, I, uh, I feel like I'm on 
definitely like a brink of change and I've I've started to enter into it. Um, we haven't really talked about this, but we plan to get into like personal business episodes. Um, and I do think that I'm pivoting in business and I'm not going to like say what exactly that is, um, because I'm still kind of figuring that out, but I'm excited for that pivot. And I think, um, to get really personal, I think it's a part of my guilt. <laughs> journey to Mm. motherhood. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions for me around 30 and motherhood that like we don't even really have time to get into. Um, But what I'm excited about is as time passes and I make changes and pivot in my business, I'm very excited for how that's setting me up to be a mom because I think it's going to um, provide the space that I actually have really, really wanted in motherhood that if I was a mom five years ago, it just wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't look how I think my heart really wants it to look. So I'm really excited for that to play out, um, even though I'm still like in the middle of it playing out and shifting. Yeah. I know that it's going to be for the best. So to be honest, I'm just really excited to, yeah, to be a mom in my thirties and, Mm. um, that's all I'm going to say. So I don't start sobbing. (laughs) I know. Well, now I'm going to sob. So (laughs) thanks. I'm really excited to watch you be a mom in your thirties. That's so nice. (laughs) And like, sorry to make us keep sobbing, but like you're already being like such a good mom right now by like setting your like life up in that way for you to like take care of your family and your kids. And I love that. Thank you. (sighs) What about you? (laughs) As I quietly wipe my tears. Mine doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) It does matter. I want to know. No, I don't care about it. Stop. <laughs> Hold on. Wow. I need to collect. What's so okay. funny is we just like didn't like we obviously don't like we kind of plan our episodes, but we like you Not know, really. we never really know how they're gonna go and we just didn't expect any real emotion, I think, from this topic. I don't know. <sighs> okay. Um transitioning to 30. I don't know. <laughs> I have not honestly really thought about this. You too asked much. the question. <laughs> I know I did because I didn't know my answer, so I had to pass it off to you. Um, <clears throat> I think when I think of 30s, like the word rest comes to mind. Mm. I still haven't. Um, mastered the art of rest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm definitely still working on that. Um, I love working so much and also it's takes over my identity too much too easily. Um, and so when I think about my thirties, which is crazy because that's like 35, 36, that like almost four, like that's crazy to think about being 39, you know, we, we, so I'm a stepmom, my stepdaughter is seven. Um, and like, we will talk about like, oh, when, when Kataya is like 14, I'm going to be 37. Like that's like Mm -hmm. just weird to think about. Um, but definitely, yeah. I mean, honestly, similar to you, like Tyler and I want to get married. We want to have kids of our own, life is going to shift so much from that and also wanting to set up my life in a way where like that is my priority. You know, like I'm always going to want to work. I know that that's going to be really important to me when I'm a mom to have something that's mine. And I want to be really intentional about not like fully losing myself in motherhood when that time does come. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, just really like valuing we've we're valuing different things right now in our lives like the thing that we're really prioritizing differently and prioritizing 
my well-being and my mental health and my sanity and like resting and taking care of my body is more important than my job is more important than any amount of money, you know? And and I'm also excited to make the most amount of money that I've ever made in my 30s well being this more calm, cool, collected version of myself. Like that's also true. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Like I I want to be in my regulated nervous system making a shit ton of money era. And like that's mm-hmm. what my 30s feels like is this like ode to your 20s. Okay, goodbye. We did the hustle, like, th- like not take care of your body thing. And 30s just feels like calm and more restful which feels nice. So we hope. That's the goal. So we hope. Um, one of the things that I thought about while we've been recording is, um, hang on. <laughs> Sometimes my brain absolutely gives out. Oh, it went away. <laughs> no, I know what it is. Um, I, I recognize that in our twenties, there is this like lie that like, if you don't set yourself up well in your twenties, then like the rest of your life like goes to shit. Mm. And what I love about the age of, I don't know, just like the modern age, I suppose, is I see people in their fifties go back to school and start their dream job. And I love that that example is set for us because it just diminishes the lie that I just said. And so I think going into my thirties, I do feel like this, this very relaxed um, feel and the, the pressure, it's kind of like you, you twist the little knob and like you let the air out and you're you're like taking more of a deep breath and you're like, I don't actually have to do X, Y, and Z by this age. I definitely have my own narrative of things that I thought I would, my life would look like right now and grief surrounding that. But in the business side, because this is a bit of a business podcast, (laughs) I just think it's beautiful to, view things differently, no matter what age you're at, that like, it just doesn't matter what your age is or where you're at in business right now. It's not a depiction of your success that's to come because things can change in a year, in two years, in 10 years. And you could be living out some of your business dreams at age 45 that maybe you have right right now, but it's okay to give breathing room and expect that to come. But you don't need it to be this second or else you've failed. And I love yeah. like one of my aunts went back to school and she's a therapist in her late sixties now. And I just love that because she, she didn't probably foresee that coming, but like it is what she loves to do. And that tells me that I might have a new dream come up when I'm 40 or 45 or 50. Yeah. And I'm allowed to go pursue that and be successful. And like, I don't know, there's just so much beautiful space that I think we can miss out with that pressure and that like little lie in the back of our brains saying, you got to do this, you got to do that in your 20s or in your 30s or else. And so I hope that that's a little bit more of our conversation and culture as we talk about aging and specifically business as we age. Right. Like there's so much time to make your dreams come true. It doesn't need to happen right now. You are right on time. Ashton and I say that to each other all the time. You're right on time. You are right on time. time. (laughs) You're literally right on time. There's this um, thing I see circulate every now and then that talks about just really successful people like Oprah, Tina Fey, like all these random people and what they were doing when they were 30. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, they weren't even like starting their careers yet or whatever. You know, like you see where all these people that you see as so successful that you might aspire to be and where they were at at the age that you're at. And you're like, oh, I'm good. Like I'm yeah. good. I have got time. Exactly yep. what you said. I can start a new career in my forties. I can, I can pivot and change whenever the hell I want to. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of freedom in that because you don't have to have it all figured out right now. You really yeah. don't. And like, when you look at all these people that are successful and you see how many times they failed before. Like, oh, this person has this epic business. Well, you're not looking at the eight that they tried and failed at before. Yeah. Like, and and all the trial and error. Like, 
you have so much time and I'm excited. Like when I think about turning 40, I'm like, Ooh, like where are we going to be at when we're 40? Like that's exciting to see all, to think about all the growth that's going to happen in the next 10 years. And even then I'm like, we're going to be so young at 40. Like it's not, it's okay. Right. We're going to be taking vacations together with our kids who are going to be friends. Like it's going to be such a different, isn't that weird to think? It's like so cool. I love that. And I think, I love it. Uh, Hopefully we've done a good job shifting the perspective on aging, even if it's just a little bit. I know. It's it's good. It's a good time. It's good to age. Okay. Um, Here we are at that point of the podcast where we ask you to (laughs) do nice things for us (laughs) so that we can continue this podcast in the ways that we would love to for you guys. Um, like, subscribe, share, follow. You guys reviewing review. on reviewing on Spotify is could not be easier. You just tap the little star button under our name and you click five stars. That's, <laughs> that's really all you do. It's like so easy. Um, yes. Takes two seconds. And Thank you for taking the time to listen and do that and support us. It's been so fun to get this podcast going. We have so so much juicy stuff coming. So juicy. You could just do your little part. That would be that would be swell. We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And we'll catch you next week. Bye.